You probably know by now that DNVR is a huge supporter of CBD, and as a consumer, you must find the product that works best for you. That's why we're hooking you up with Green Roads, because they've hooked us up with some incredible products. We want to share our experience with you. Green Roads has over 3,000 five-star reviews. Thir or, I'm sorry, not 3,000, 30,000, which is an insane amount. Uh, how did that happen? That's because Green Roads leads the industry. They're the number one privately held CBD company by the U.S. market share, award-winning uh, products, pharmacist-founded, pharmacist-formulated, QR codes on all Green Roads packaging with link to independent te te uh, lab test results so you know what you're putting in your body. Head to greenroads.com, pick out your items, and enter code DNVR20 for 20% off any abundant selection of oils, topicals, edibles, beverages, and more. Check out Green Roads. What up? What's happening? Welcome into a Sunder, Sunday Losers Lounge. Yikes. Big ol' yikes. Tough vibes. The Denver Nuggets drop yet another one to the New Orleans Pelicans. Close loss. Couple lane violations in there. We're going to break it all down. Uh, no Adam Mares today. I'm your host, Brennan Boat. Uh, to my left. That's my left, right? Yeah, you recognize him. He's usually on the show. That's D-Line Co. It's okay. Um, so we should say Adam Mara is going to be out all week. So all week, yeah. If you're unhappy, you should get ready to be unhappy. Send us those complaints now. Uh, but we stepped up and we filled the void with Ryan yeah. Blackburn, site Adam. manager, site expert. I don't know what the terminology is these it's, days. It's all good. I, uh, I host a podcast at times. I like to actually coin myself as the B-Tech version oh. of Adam Mara. So this is, uh, this, is, this is good stuff. I this think. is bad Mara. what we call you when you're not around. So that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Adam Morris, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Ryan Blackburn of Denver Stiffs. I assume you know if you're watching this show. Uh, we're going to break it all down, give our, our main takeaways, you know, run through every performance from each player on the roster, get Blackburn sort of state of the union on the Nuggets, you know, what questions remain to be answered as they get enter this playoff stretch. Um, so a bit of a therapy lounge today, but could be worse than Nuggets land, so we'll have some fun. Uh, Ryan, I'll go to you first, man. Tough loss there. Tough. What, what was your big takeaway there from the latest loss to the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah, it's tough because when you when you have a game like that that comes down to clutch time, where it comes down to one play this, one play that, it's really difficult to, to just make wide sweeping statements. But I'd, I'd say that Denver's lack of physicality in the paint, preventing guys like Zion Williamson from getting to the line, Brandon Ingram from getting to the line, it really showed through in a, in a in a day like today where Denver just couldn't keep up with those young guys on the perimeter. Eric, you have a big takeaway? So typically we look at the third quarter as the reason the Nuggets cratered and collapsed. Tonight it was the second quarter. It really comes down to the bench, like just kind of dropping the ball. Like there was like a general lack of urgency from the Denver Nuggets that now we've seen two games in a row. Last game they were able to miraculously rise above it, and now they're sort of operating like they can just do that whenever they want, um, right. which it turns out they cannot. And maybe they didn't want to. Maybe I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to win today. Um but, you know, the thing, like, Jokic was very slow out of the gate and then obviously did what Jokic does where he comes down and reminds you that he's the best player in the league, he is the MVP. Um, but, you know, the like Ryan says, like, the defense in the, in the lane was very troubling. Paul Millsap had a very difficult time trying very to... Very tough trying to keep in front of his uh, defensive assignments, uh, which is Zion Williamson, so you, you grant him a little slack, but... Uninspired, man. That was it. I mean, it was an uninspired effort. Even the two stars, if I think, end up. Thanks, Gordon. With a really impressive stat line. You know, Jokic ended up being great tonight. It just didn't feel like a high-energy performance from a guy who has willed this team, you know, multiple times to a win. Not yeah. blaming him, of course. The last guy I blame. But yeah. just a, a, a place I would point to first, like, there was an almost infectious lack of energy, I thought, Ryan. 
Yeah, definitely so. Uh, it, it sort of felt like there was the Sunday afternoon malaise, and, and you can yes. understand why, given this team has been on a really good run of late. Uh, the only game that they had lost before this was a really tough kind of schedule loss against the Dallas Mavericks, where it was just a tough matchup, really tough situation. But they came back on Friday night in, in sort of similar fashion where they pulled out the game at the end. Uh, when you play with fire, you get burned sometimes. Right. And, and Denver had a couple opportunities with Jokic and Murray at the end with a couple threes and just didn't drop. Yeah, this I, is like, oh, go ahead. I think they've won some games of late too because that bench has looked a lot better. You know, and a composite Dozier combinations looked good off the bench. You know, today it wasn't great. I mean, Composo did not play well today. Dozier was okay, um, but it just didn't add up to anything great. Those ten Hartenstein minutes seemed untenable. Um, yeah, so, mi minus ten for Hartenstein tonight, which uh, which it, it really does kind of indicate that when Denver has to go away from Jokic in some of these situations, they don't necessarily have an answer against teams that can drive the lane a little bit, and it, it's tough because Denver they they are going to need to survive those Jokic minutes in some way, shape, or form. They they could not tonight. So Malone's been clear, guys, that he's going to stick with Paul Millsap in this starting lineup, at least until Monte Morris gets back. Right. You know, we've seen those results sort of vary depending on the matchup out of the All-Star break. Today he's out there, and I think we all expected that, right, with Zion's size and, and what is Denver going to do. Um, but they didn't rebound the ball very well, Ryan. And so right. what it seemed like maybe they were hoping to accomplish with Millsap out there, uh, I guess I'll just ask you open-ended. What did you think of that decision, and, and did it bear any fruit for Denver? You know, of course they lost. But. Well, they had had some success with it a couple times, and, and you like you like seeing some continuity a little bit. When you go when you kind of match up with your starting lineup and, and go one direction or the other, it, it can get a little bit confusing. But I don't think that that's Denver's strength anymore. I don't think that going with Porter, Millsap, Jokic has been Denver's strength at all this year. And Denver's been able to survive it at times, but when a team comes out and they play better than you, and it, it kind of cuts into this where you, now you've got Millsap playing 30 minutes trying to guard Zion Williamson in clutch, and and that's and th then when he gets switched out, then you have to go guard Brandon Ingram. I think that if you go smaller, if you try to collapse a little bit more, if you play a little bit more zone, that probably is more beneficial than than relying on Paul Millsap at end game situations. Yo. It's just it's just. Not a great situation for Denver to be in right now. Yeah, I mean, none of us had any confidence in those free throws, right, Eric, at the end of the game? Yeah. Paul Millsap is at this, like, weird place where he has been Denver's rock for many years, and now he's like he's still three or four games out from coming back from injury, which is always, like, kind of a weird place for uh, an NBA player to be. But, man, I had just – I didn't see anything out of Paul Millsap that made me feel confident that he should be in the game at that point confident for anything moving forward it was just uh, it was rough like i also think a, a big part of this game was just um the fact that nba players are creatures of habit and it's like weird to all of a sudden play in the afternoon on a yeah, sunday 100%. Like, they, they really came out of the gate slow they didn't i mean they didn't it, it was just i feel like they just thought they were going to win this game and we're just sort of like going through the motions in a manner of speaking this is a team and and the pelicans are kind of like this where they are up and down, but their their point differential is way better than their record. So like they they have a good quality roster that hasn't fit well together. Well, tonight they had a matchup that they could go to consistently with Brandon Ingram on Denver's wings and Zion Williamson on Denver on Denver's power forwards uh, just attacking the lane. Where if you can go at that matchup relatively consistently against Denver, then I think that's pretty indicative of how Denver is going to face the Lakers and the Clippers in the playoffs if they even get there. Uh, those are two like two physical teams with physical forwards that can go off the dribble, that can post up, that can go attack the glass, things like that. I don't think this is a good indication of where Denver is at 
no. at their top end. No, no, no. So let's run through. Uh, let's run through the players. We'll, we'll we'll find a way to talk about each guy's performance. Should we do it as a bracket today. or as a bracket? Yeah, <laughs> that was really uh, that went over well. Busted. Been banned from Argentina. <laughs> let's start with Jokic, guys. So definitely seemingly lethargic out of the gate. Yet once again, for all of that concern, sixty-eight percent from the field, twenty-nine points, ten rebounds, ten assists. Does pick up that triple double, five turnovers. I mean, generally you live with that. Ryan, what'd you see from Jokic today? Uh, not a lot of great energy at the beginning. I thought that his inability to box out Steven Adams was kind of underscoring where he was at at the beginning of this game. Uh, of course, he comes back and he's one of the most clutch players in the NBA and can, can kind of make up some of that with his with his performance in the third and fourth quarter for sure. But there was a time in that first quarter where Denver was down seven, and one of the reasons they were down seven is because Steven Adams was killing Jokic on the glass. Yeah, Paul Millsap wasn't really helping him out. There, there wasn't a lot of help all around, I would say, but that's a matchup that Jokic has to win or at least win it more frequently than he did, and it helped put Denver in a hole. I actually agree with that. I thought his lack of energy on the boards was noticeable in the first half. I mean, to be clear, like this is not the top guy on the list we're pinning the loss on. Sure, <laughs> um, freaking yeah, Jokic. Yeah, P- please, please don't go come after us. Uh, all of Serbia. First uh, off, usually it's first all of off, Argentina. Feel free to come after us, but us means Ryan. Yes. Whatever Ryan's, Ryan takes with him, whatever he says today, this, this has no reflection on what we think. You know, to your point, thirteen rebounds for Stephen Adams. Pelicans finished with fifty-five rebounds to Denver's forty-two. Yo. Uh, 14 offensive rebounds for the Pelicans. You know, that to me was the difference tonight. Can I tell you the greatest tragedy of this game? Sure. Perhaps it went under the swept under the rug. Maybe not everyone was keyed into this giant tragedy in the same way I was. I bet Michael Porter Jr. to get a double double. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. ended the game with nine rebounds, and he rebounded both of the missed free throws that were called lane violations. It's a tough call. It's a tough. The second one, second one was pretty blatant. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, but just uh, that it happened alone at that all. That it happened yeah, at that's all. A bad beat. That yes, that counts that's as a bad beat. the worst beat there is. Like uh, t- today, today I would describe from end to end as a bad beat. Everything about today was a bad beat. A lot like, of weirdness for sure. Such weirdness. The the discrepancy in foul calls, which you hate to even reference when you're talking about a basketball game, but like. Like what is going on here? And those, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know what was going on with those lane violations. I can't remember the last time I saw one called, let alone two in a row. And I can't think of a more. I mean, that was as high leverage a moment in the game as we had. Um, it was goofy, man. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff where Denver put themselves in a position where they were able to get those, like where they were, they were called for those fouls. Where if you don't put yourself into that position then you may get the benefit of the doubt from refs where it's more of a 50-50 call. Unfortunately, Denver kind of started out that way totally. and, and it was it was a 14 to 5 discrepancy in the in the foul shooting Ugh. or the foul calls uh, in the first half and then it ended at 27 to 12. And so it's just it there's just a lot <laughs> that I think can be said about the referees tonight or today but I, it's it's hard to blame it on that when there were tangible things that happened in this game where if you stop Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram from getting to the rim, <laughs> well, I mean, then but like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's a good question, and I think that it, but it really does beget a lot of the personnel issues that the Nuggets have yeah. heading into a playoff run where they are going to need to face a lot of physical teams. True. Let's talk about Michael Porter Jr.'s performance then, you know, both ends of the court, Ryan. He's at the small forward tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are going to point to Brandon Ingram's performance. It was a lot of Brandon Ingram. Does finish with 30 points. 
although it wasn't the most efficient 30. It was around 40% from the field. And some of that, you know, was was Will Barton struggling with that assignment as well. Yeah, they switched they switched that assignment, I think, uh, midway through the game or, or even earlier than that. Yep. So I, I would actually say that most of those came against Will Barton and even Jamal Murray rather than against Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. However, uh, I, I think that one of the things you talk about with Michael Porter is that if he can lock down and be consistent on the defensive end, then you don't have some of those issues where you're having to to kind of mix and match those those rotations pretty consistently. Uh, that's that's a tough thing. But overall, like he he hit a he hit a three at the end where it really didn't matter. But what, what was it like seventeen and nine was, that's exactly was what it. he ended that's with. His line. That's pretty good, and it's it's hard you know to really hate on that. Seventeen and ten. I, I think I think you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> Denver could have used a lot of those free throws, like just even from a team perspective. That hey, I I think that he's in a better position to rebound when he's at the four, and I think that Denver would have been better off with him at the four tonight. I thought defensively he was okay tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I even thought down the stretch, you and I talked about this, Ryan. We looked at each other and go, who do you want to guard Ingram here in this final minute? Is it Porter or Barton? And I wondered Porter just because, you know, he has the length to contest some shots. He had a couple of great contests tonight where even though he's a step slow, he still got there. Right. You know, and Barton was just, he was engaged. He was moving his feet, but he just was too small and not athletic enough to guard B.I. Um, yeah. So I just, I just thought it was, it was, uh, I, w- I wouldn't have mind seeing Porter there. I thought he played de- played pretty decently tonight. Barton being a step behind on defense is a lot different than Porter being a step behind. Yeah. Because especially when you're going up against a guy like Brandon Ingram, who's 6'9", he makes a living off of those in-between shots where if you give him a little bit of space, he will hit it. Uh, had a lot of the situations where he's just kind of shuffling around the lane a little bit and, and gets a tough one to go. But if you have a little bit of, of extra length in that situation – that's tough. So I, I hope that they learn from this game. I hope they put themselves in a better position to succeed. Yeah. Uh, it starts with better effort in the first half, but stop fouling. And and, and refs, please stop calling. I fouls. know. Like, I, know. I, would, I would not, like, just as the game was being managed and just, you know, managing it from a, my comfortable chair here in real time, like, I wouldn't mind seeing P.J. Dozier close out uh, instead of, Barton. I wouldn't mind seeing some Zeke Naji when we saw throughout the game, like very definitively, that the two players that he had in there to sort of try and contain their two threats were wholly unable to do it. PJ Dozier did a good job on Ingram today. Totally, it was, it was limited limited time, but I I think that that's something that, especially in a situation where Barton isn't really shooting that well, he did take he got up a lot of shots tonight. But he, he scored sixteen. It's two, the two of nine from three. Yeah. I think he had nineteen total shots. Like there 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 were a lot of situations where I know people were online were criticizing him for for shooting as much as he did. Uh, sometimes he has to take those shots, but. I think the P.J. Dozier might might give you some better cases uh, at different times. Sticking with MPJ, you know, I didn't I didn't love his approach tonight, but I do think this is a difficult thing, like figuring out how you weigh these things. Like ultimately, it was sure. an efficient night. I thought he was solid defensively, so I don't want to hammer him. I just thought there were a couple of possessions where, you know, this last month Porter's looked more a part of a team and what Denver's mm-hmm. trying to do as a group. And I thought tonight, today just looked at times a little bit more kind of a separate deal for him. Um, but yeah, some strong cuts. He was okay. He was solid. Uh, Will Barton, I thought, struggled today, guys. I mean, he did struggle today. This is maybe some ammunition for the Aaron Gordon camp uh, campers over there. Barton, 7 for 19 from the field, 2 for 9 from 3, uh, only 16 points on the night. And then he just wasn't very good defensively today. And that really reared its head down the stretch. Um, what do you think? What did you see from Barton today, Ryan? Uh, his shot really is tied to a lot of his value. 
uh, or in uh, vice versa, value tied a lot to sure. what his what he's shooting. And when you go two of nine and, and you struggle on the defensive end to to kind of match up in some cases, like I thought, you you said it perfectly. I thought he gave a lot of great effort at times on Brandon Ingram and and any any sort of cross matches that he had. But there are physical dis- deficiencies there, and that's going to rear itself in the playoffs. And if he's not shooting at the level that he can. He had some nice finishes around the rim tonight, I will say. But again, when you look at when you look at the numbers and you and you look at just the number of attempts that he had, uh, it it's it's I, I could see people wanting to see him tone it back just a little bit. And you know, look, this is a, a, a nadir amongst a great month from Barton. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're a drink in which he's made this a tough conversation. So I'm not necessarily saying he's got to go now. But look, if you I framed it that way because this was a game where you got, man, couldn't they have used an athletic three and a half here? Sure. Uh, and I think that really stood out today. Um, <laughs> Paul Millsap, Eric, I know you weren't pleased with him with him no. starting or more so closing this closing. game. So he plays 30 minutes there, two or four from the field, six points, three rebounds. What did you see from Paul tonight? Well, I mean, you don't even look at those numbers. Like, he was just, like, clearly having a tough day. Like, it was yeah. just not a great day for Dad. Um, and, you know, just sometimes you just need to – step away from things that have traditionally worked in the past if they're not currently working. I mean, I think a lot of the thinking of this team has gotten in in line with the idea, again, of, like, when crunch time happens, we'll figure it out. Like, the people will stand up. They'll, you know, whatever deficiency we've been seeing over the entire game, like, don't worry, that'll be ironed out when when we need it to be. And it just uh, just wasn't working today, man. just was not working today, and it was very frustrating. Jokic turned in a second-half masterpiece, as he always does. Jamal Murray was, like, just steady throughout. Paul Millsap was just kind of, like, there. And, you know, we we just needed more from him because... Again, like he was the one that, <laughs> that was on uh, the best player. I, all the way, uh, also, um, in case you're wondering why I said that we should all drink, I've realized my favorite voteism that exists in the world is that Brandon Vote refuses oh, no. to, wor- to use the word valley. He will only use the word nadir. nadir. He will talk about <laughs> a peak and a nadir. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most metal word, dude. That I kind of like, like, like that. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. something I can Anytime get Brandon Vote says nadir, you have to uh, all drink. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of the choice to close with Paul Millsap tonight? Obviously, size it with New Orleans here. Uh, I, I will say that Jamichael Green didn't have it tonight either. And and there are, so there were a lot of situations where I thought, okay, Jamichael Green going one-on-one against Zion, that is not a good recipe for success either. Uh, Paul did, did – he did have a an offensive foul that he drew against, against Zion. Uh, there were a couple of situations where I think you, you like what you see from him, but uh, – another situation where Murray passes to him on the baseline and Paul gets blocked into oblivion uh, in the clutch. And, and there's just a lot of situations like that where athleticism really does rule sometimes in the NBA, especially against a team like the Pelicans. You need to be able to compete athletically. And, and I, I would have preferred to see them go zone and go smaller and space the floor. Were you guys convinced that they yeah. were going to win this game? I was, yeah. I, especially no. when Jokic was hitting those shots. Like, I, I really did think that they were going to pull that one out. Like, I didn't have in my mind any part of it, like, reserved for, like, the, oh, no, we're going to lose. Like, what am I going to have to talk about? Um, 
So I'm, I'm not really prepared here today. <laughs> uh, Jamal Murray, 9 of 16 from the field, 23 points. I, I, I literally have to, I don't know if you guys caught this, but this arm literally fell like out of the socket. Yeah, did you guys notice? Did you guys Welcome notice to the studio, the Ryan. The, like, uh, this is great. Yeah, we're, we're having a grand old time here, but, uh, but it's okay. It, this is how they indoctrinate me into That's this right. culture. Okay, arguably no one in this market. Is a bigger fan of Jamal Murray than Ryan Blackburn, it's including true. Jamal Murray. It's I don't true. think Jamal yeah, Murray likes Murray. himself that much. Ryan, uh, <laughs> nine for sixteen from the field tonight, three of six from deep, seven assists, twenty-three points. What'd you see from Jamal? Uh, he had some good moments. He had some bad moments. Uh, like sometimes the shots don't drop, and and they didn't really drop for him in the clutch, and and that's it's too bad. But it is what it is. Yeah. Like he's been like I think he's earned a lot of the benefit of the doubt, especially like just over the course of the last couple oh, of years, especially where, from a shot making perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and like like he literally just hit the game tying buzzer beater sure. like, like a couple nights ago. Sure. So benefit yeah. of the doubt, but like there he could have been better, is what I will when say. When you say benefit of the doubt, like is that do you, do any of you people have doubts about Jamal Murray? Like <laughs> I think it's it, they're definitely lessening, to be clear. If anyone has doubts about Jamal Murray, you I mean, should like do, abandon those doubts. You can have them, but it's just like what are they? If they're very specific. That's what I mean. I dude. you know, I doubt that he plays at that level across eighty two games. That's reasonable. Sure. Um but I think at this point, yeah, to Ryan's point not going to hold that last shot against him. He's no, hit that no, shot no, no. too many he times. He just missed it. Yeah. Um, Facundo Composite. We'll go a little quicker here, guys. Close things out with the bench. 0 for 4 from the field. 0 for 4 from deep. Two assists, one steal, uh, one turnover. Did not think he played very well today, Ryan. What do you think? No, he was bad. And and that's too bad. And, and there are a lot of times where he just wasn't a part. He wasn't attached to the defense on the other side where guys like Kyra Lewis were cutting in front of him and, and just getting to the rim at will. Uh, he had a lot of great moments on Friday. This was not a good Faco Campazo game, and, and that's okay. Like that's that's what happens. Like you don't count on him to be great every single night, and he's not held to that standard. Uh, but nobody on the bench was good tonight. Right, really. right, like, right. And well, that, that really stood out in, in a large part. Yeah, not knocking Faku, who's played very very well lately. Yeah, just don't knock who Faku. Uh, it just didn't happen tonight. Just yeah. didn't happen. Um, I can't believe how much you hate Faku. Oh my god. <laughs> PJ it, Dozier, it's like it's disgusting a little. PJ Dozier, I think is um, look, he's a, a massive question mark for so many reasons because of what he might do for this team, and I also think he's one of the hardest guys to evaluate right now and weigh what he does in any given performance. You'll see flashes of great defense. You'll see flashes of maybe overzealous offense. Uh, what would you see from Dozier today, Ryan? Ryan or Eric? Ryan. Okay. Uh, I, again, I, I like what Dozier did defensively against Brandon Ingram. Uh, did hit a three, caught an alley oop from uh, from Jamal Murray, which was kind of cool. Uh, Denver, uh, as as awful as they have usually been on on transition stuff, they, they had, had like some three good, today. They had some yeah. good moments tonight where they, they actually threw some alley oops and dunks down. And that was kind of cool. Dude, but, that uh, Jamal alley oop. It that that was sick. Uh, that's that's one of the best alley oops he's ever had. I think like <laughs> it's it's very cool to see from him. Um, Dozier, I this is a matchup where you want to see him play more because he has that length and he has that athleticism. And he wasn't totally. taking enough shots where I thought that you were thinking he was hijacking the offense. I thought that he took today he the was shots, he, yeah, he today took he the shots okay, that I he thought. needed to take. Yeah, three of six from the field, only six shots. Yeah. Sufficient night, yeah. Good good stuff from him. So, 50% shooting is good shooting. I thought he was the bright spot off the bench today. Yeah, I when I, when I say everybody played bad, sure. they, I think I think you're right. That that we could, we could save that for Dozier, who I thought definitely played better. Um, you want to see that from him because he he's a guy that they're going to have to to rely upon in the playoffs as one of those only kind of defensive wing types that can that can stick with a lot of those perimeter players. So, going to be interesting. Eric, what'd you see from PJ today? He did get postered, an admirable oh. contest, but that was a a nasty dunk. <laughs> oh 
like uh, PJ Dozier was another guy that he, he played the game. There, there was. He for, played the game. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of guys that just like played the game today. They like did fine, sort of. They didn't do enough. The bench was pretty much useless. And I mean, tr- I mean, truly, like the game was lost by our bench unit in in the second quarter. Like uh, almost everyone was like a negative ten or more during that time. Um, so you know, PJ again. Like I don't really even have many thoughts. It's sort of just like, yo, guys, we need more from people that aren't named Jokic, the people that aren't named Murray. Um, and it's. Like I'm, I'm having, a, I'm not able to get like really too down on today's result because I do feel like this is just such an outlier. It's a day game. They're coming off of like a big win. Yeah, you don't need a big take or anything. You know, but I'm just saying, like, overall, like, I'm trying to temper my my takes from today with what it means moving forward for this sure. game. And it's like, sure. it doesn't mean a lot. Does not. Let mean me a lot. let me let me just say that like, a lot of the questions that I have about this team in the playoffs or against the Lakers and the Clippers. I still think they can beat any of the other teams in the playoff picture based off of what they currently have. And, and they don't need anything else beyond that. So like, right. that's, that's my, that's my general feeling. But I, if you're looking for higher expectations, then you got to go, you got to go searching. I think the only, you know, really significant thing for me is this is in theory, more evidence for maybe they need, they need that true wing or that bigger guy on the wing. Oh. And that's not to say, by the way, that one game serves as like, and now you got to trade Barton. I'm not saying that, but it's just I, another piece of evidence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, just one it really more, has been. Yeah. So. Um, okay, last thing then, Ryan. Jamichael Green, 17 minutes tonight. Isaiah Hartenstein, 10 minutes. Zero minutes for Zeke Naji. Zero minutes for Vlaco Chanchar. I think the former more surprising than the latter. Um, were you surprised to see those guys not play today? You know, it's funny that, like, against the Bucks, oh, right. Denver had a lot of situations where they were playing zone with their bench unit, and they had to go up against a guy like Giannis, and they, they did a decent job walling up with, with guys like uh, Zeke with guys like Vlatko and guys like Isaiah Hartenstein. They didn't go to that a lot tonight and, and instead had some smaller players out there. Uh, Jamichael Green, he didn't really have it. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein definitely didn't have it. Uh, if he can't provide any rim protection, then Dude, what is they he need to find somebody else. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, what is he giving you if not that? The, the one thing, I, I was talking about this with Harrison earlier, was just that you want a guy like Isaiah Hartenstein out there so that he could set screens for Jamal because I think that's Denver's formula come come bench time or come come uh, playoff time, <laughs> that when Jokic is off the field, or when Jokic is off the court and you need somebody to generate offense, the best offense that Denver can generate probably is a Murray-Hartenstein pick and roll. Which I think is a little scary, dude. Hardenstein's hands suck. It it's not great. Like I, I, like it's, po- I have a lot of those passes too. that would just be bouncing off of his hands. Yeah, like m- like mindlessly running into people that were uh, trying to take charges. Like, yeah. dude, I'm so, I'm so out on Isaiah Hardenstein. <laughs> I I would have loved to see uh, Vlatko come in at some point and try his hand at. Uh, containing Zion, that feels like a at least a body matchup that makes I, sense, right? I just think too much time has passed. Yeah, like whatever whatever length of, of leash left that's needed, you know, to see if Hartenstein has it. I just think Denver's got to move on, and Yo, start looking towards it. maybe other options. He's got green, um, or or somebody else or that we're not else. even talking about. Right. I think that that person may not exist on Denver's roster, and that's uh that's a tough thing to hear, but uh, that could be that could be something that Denver tries to target over the next few days. I'm starting to wonder if my preseason prediction that Isaiah Hartenstein would be the best pickup of the Denver Nuggets was off. 
I think, uh, I, I think I may have been off Eric, on that I one. think there might be something <laughs> to <laughs> that. All right, guys, we got to keep it moving. We're going to hit our first break. Uh, talk to Blackburn for sort of state of the union. We'll get wind in here. Um, but first, Super Producer Kale, let's hit that king of the game. Oh. DraftKings king of the game. Remember, who is it? Who is it? Who every is it? lounge, winner's lounge, let's, loser's lounge, prevented by, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's see that image of Paul Millsap, see, king yep, of the game. Oh, Jokic. Oh, Jokic. It's not surprising. Uh, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Hey, at least um, he got the nines to tens this time. Like that's that's something that's that right. Should be should be, triple should be seen. Like hey, he's he's doing he's doing good stuff. Dude, well, even, even that photo, he looks like very sleepy. This must have been taken from the first half of the game. I, as as a reminder, <laughs> they did start at one p.m. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, let's talk about Celsies. We're talking about alcoholic oh, seltzers from Breckenridge Brewery, the official brewery of DNVR. Breck is finally introducing their seltzer line, and it comes in a beautiful Jokic 15-pack. They've got apple pear. I had one of those today. Cherry, peach, berry, and honeydew. Head to the Breck Beer Locator to see where the closest 15-pack is to you. Uh, Breck Beer Locator is the most rad tool. You just Google it. You punch in your address, punch in the, the kind of drink you're looking for. Tells you where to go. Nice and easy. You know, I just um, use the Breck Brew Locator, and it's, it's Kale. And look at it's it. Kale. He's located me one He's Breck Brew. That <laughs> it turns uh, out it was in the fridge over there. <laughs> and remember, guys, the farmhouse is still open, socially distanced, beautifully set up for outside dining. Of course, if you're more comfortable at home, you can still order curbside pickup from 12 to 8 p.m., or you can just get your beer delivery from the Drizzly app. Head to the nearest grocery store like King Subers or Costco. Order delicious and f- food and booze from the farmhouse if you're able. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use code DNVR to save $5. Let's go, 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 go. Oh, yeah. And guys, nice. if you haven't picked up the shirt yet, the Jokic for MVP shirt. Yo, you I know mean, who makes good shirts? He's now Not the odds-on favorite at DraftKings Sportsbook. The stonks are through the roof. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, we're hooking up with the Colorado Hawks, a nonprofit organization helping athletes from all over Colorado achieve their dreams of playing sports at the next level and earning college scholarships. The Hawks produce high-level athletes in boys' and girls' basketball and soccer, and most importantly, this is an affordable program that never turns kids away due to cost. The Colorado Hawks program prides itself on keeping kids off the streets and helping underprivileged youth earn opportunities they might not get otherwise. Uh, If you're looking for ways to help them out, Head to JokicForMVP.com. Get a great, high-quality shirt that says, Eric, you want to guess? Right uh, it says, Jokic, Jokic is currently M- the leader for MVP. Good guess, Ron. <laughs> uh, I'd be surprised if the network was... Con- no, it says Jokic for MVP. Jokic uh, for MVP. So dude. check it out. Buy that shirt. All those proceeds go to the Colorado Hawks organization. I love it. I like. I really love this uh, this organization. And I love the fact that they, when they went in and made a t-shirt, like it's a really wearable t-shirt. Like It's uh, something you'll actually buy and like if you're gonna buy a t-shirt you could buy a t-shirt that benefits my ego i mean who cares or you could buy a t-shirt that actually benefits the youth of tomorrow do that yeah brian matsuno in the comments he says the best shirt ever so. okay well yeah, listen yeah. maybe that's the all line right, for right, brian. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. on it's good stuff <laughs> all right we're back <laughs> we're back here on the dnvr nuggets losers lounge lane violation lounge as i'm calling it today yeah, the, the lvl you guys like uh, this? This is live called production. A, we'll welcome to Tech Quarter. All right, well, Eric, I'm just going to talk to you <laughs> for okay. a little bit. Just going to um, just going to hold it. It's okay. <laughs> We've got Ryan Blackburn. <laughs> You're good. Thank you, Kale. On the um, show, and I love Blackburn's uh, all of Blackburn's content, but particularly how committed he is to detailing Malone's rotations. Um, sort of allows one to visualize alternatives. Uh, and so, having you here, I, I kind of wanted to get. You know, first of all, just your general state of the Nuggets, Ryan. Sure. You know, but but also just a rundown of some of the big questions left. 
you know, for this team to answer. I'll start with this. Last year, you were the first guy I knew in this market to just say, hey, I, I think this team's making the conference finals. Ultimately, you were right. Uh, hey, a broken clock is worth twice. Is, it just works twice a day, and that's okay. Uh, I just, I tend to think that trusting Jokic and Murray is generally beneficial. Yeah, it's, yeah. And, and I, I think one of the reasons why I was the first one to commit to the conference finals was because I was one of the first people to commit to Jamal Murray in general. Uh, you just got to trust the dude. And it, it's tough to, uh, like for a lot of people, it's tough because he makes some egregious errors. There's a lot of times where you don't like the shots that he takes, or, or maybe he makes a, 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 bad, a bad read in general. But overall, the, the, the volume of con contribution that he gives to be a star for this Nuggets team, I think it, it goes understated nationally. And, and I tend to think that wears on Nuggets fans in general a lot. Uh, when they don't see him get that national recognition, it's they you start to question yourselves. Nuggets fans, don't question yourselves with regard to Jamal Murray. Yeah, he guys. is a star. He is 24 years old. He's somebody who's going to continue to get better, and he has played at an all-NBA caliber level for the last two months. Well, then, so this is what I want to know. I know you believe in Jamal, and I think at this point... You're looking right on that. I think everyone in Denver believes in Nikola Jokic. This season's been all about Jokic, Jamal, and Michael Porter Jr., mm -hmm. which I think at times has lowered the floor for this team, but I think we would all admit it's raised the ceiling. Sure. Are you ready to commit to that trio? Do you? How confident are you in this group heading towards the playoffs? I'm very confident. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not... like uh, My questions about this team, I have zero questions about the talent level, especially with those three leading the charge. We're talking about a player in Porter who was one of the most talented players to come out of high school in the last decade. Like, it's, it's sometimes you just have to kind of point it down to that. Like, he is one of the most talented shooters that we've ever seen. And, and when you have one of those guys in your corner, it may look weird and up and down for a couple of stretches here or there, but guys that talented tend to figure it out if they're put into positions to succeed. And for all of the grief that Michael Malone has had, for not incorporating him immediately. I think we've seen that bear fruit over the course of these last couple months, especially that he is in position to succeed and has absolutely capitalized on that opportunity. Is it fair to call it a budding big three? Oh yeah. I think there's budding. Like, I, I, I heard you guys talking about it on a couple shows ago, or maybe, maybe his last show that look, this literally is a big two and a half right now. Oh. And, and they're, they're getting real close to it being a legit big three. Are we and, gonna, we're and, like a two point seven five. Yeah, you say? I, I, I could see it. I could see it edging that way for sure. Uh, I, I like fractions as well. Those are fun. Uh, but no, I, I, I trust Porter. I think that he has a great skill set around Nikola Jokic. That once all three, and I think they're they're really getting to that side. But once those three completely and unabashedly trust each other, and that includes Porter, they're going to do some incredible things. That's my take. By the way, some people in the chat are mad at me that I hedge. When I say I, I was hedging with budding, I just just to be <laughs> clear, Eric, I wanted to ask you how um how weird is it as a Nuggets fan? I mean, the number one most important thing in the NBA, in my opinion, is your top end talent. And if it's not your star duo, it's your star trio. It's also the number one hardest thing to do in the NBA yes. is, is to accumulate that talent, especially if you're a team like the Denver Nuggets. Is it still surreal? Is it still sort of strange? to Look, I know they just lost this game and we're hyping them up, but big picture, is it still strange to think, man, these guys do have that talent? It is strange because it's been, for so long, all of the, the like this Nuggets success has been pure potential. 
And a lot of like what has plagued the history of being a Nuggets fan is just having a good young core that should develop into something that ends up falling apart and turning materializing into nothing. And it's crazy when a plan actually starts to come together for the Denver Nuggets. And not only having a plan of like bringing the like good players together. I mean, of course every team wants to do that, but having Tim Connolly's eye for talent in the front office is what has flipped the fortunes of this team. And like, actually seeing it come together. Like I, I just have such faith in what he sees when he brings players in and like watching it slowly, slowly. Turn. I mean, we've been on this for so long sure. that it's, it's no longer surreal. Right, right, right. It, but it's more just like, I would say it's satisfying. Mm. It's satisfying. And it is weird. It's weird for people to, I mean, the, the, the change for the Nuggets attitude really coincided when they did their rebrand like i really feel like the nuggets in general sort of view themselves differently like they don't have that perennial sort of loser tag that i agree is sort of been <laughs> I agree. That was spot an, welded to them that was an forever. insanely well-timed rebrand actually yeah, insanely they, they well -timed. It. much yeah. needed and so now it, it's like it, you don't feel like weird wearing nuggets gear the nuggets themselves have been able to feel better about themselves from like a self-esteem standpoint and all that stuff matters and so it's just, again, it's not surreal. It's surreal in the context of the history of the Nuggets, but just watching the growth that we've sure. watched over time, it's, it, just, it just feels right. Well, that's a I, good point, and, and I hate to cut you off, Ryan, but I, did you guys just feel that gust? I, 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 I just wanted to say it. I feel a little <gasps> bit of breeze on the home front I just saw your hair just, <laughs> just, just brush the, the, the sneakiest, <laughs> The world's sneakiest wind, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best part of the show, guys. It's when we hear from not just the Denver Nuggets, but from the Peloton Prince himself. Oh, welcome Harrison doctor. Wind. hey yo. Back onto the show, back into the lounge. Wind, what's up, man? You just spoke with the team? Yeah, uh, we spoke with Michael Malone, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Will Barton also spoke tonight. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Uh, the big quote that's going to come out of tonight's oh, game, um, and it was a big one. So the Pelicans attempted 30 free throws tonight. Oh, the boy. Nuggets attempted 10 free throws. Michael Malone? Jamal Murray went in on the free throw shooting. Yes! <laughs> Good for um, him. Jamal Murray went in. He said... Unprompted, unprompted, in between in between questions, he said, quote, let me just say something. 30 free throw attempts for them to our 10. In the last four minutes, they shot four minutes of straight free throws. That is crazy, he said. And then on Nikola Jokic's zero free throw attempts tonight. Zero free throw attempts for Nikola Jokic. He still finished with uh, 27 points. Jamal said... You're going to tell me that Joker plays a 48-minute game and doesn't get to the line once. I'm telling you, that's ridiculous. Just Hell one yeah, of those dude. nights, I guess. We'll figure it out. Just got to be better. He's I right, man. It. Like it, it, it was ridiculous tonight to watch him go into the lane, get hacked, not receive the benefit of the doubt yeah. when guys like Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, they, they got every ticky-tack call, including ones on the foul line. Like, kind of right. nuts. <laughs> I know. I, never I just... I don't know about you guys. For the last hour, I just haven't been able to stop thinking about the back-to-back -back <laughs> lane violation. I'll never stop thinking about this my Does whole that life. Happen? I've never Does seen that, that in the game. And I, I put that out on Twitter, and a lot of people were coming at me like, yeah, uh, Jamal stepped over the three-point line on that one lane violation. Let me just tell you guys, that happens on almost every single free throw. 90%. There is a lane violation committed from one of the guards stepping over the free throw line on almost every single free throw. That just, that just happens all the time, and they never call it. I'm not saying that's why the Nuggets lost tonight or even one of the leading reasons, but that happens on almost every free I throw. I think it was a leading reason. 
They the, the, the it changed the momentum so much. It, it was yeah. a big point in the yeah. game for it sure. Was an it, absolute, it was a big point yeah. in the game. Yeah. It's just to be yeah. fair, like you know, both of the star players had an open three at the end of the game and they missed. So I'm not going to pin it all on officiating. And just but because even, it's even never that would have tied look, up, that would that would have got them within one point. Yeah. Which sure. would have then even made that those lane violations even that louder. One point. One point. Kind of a big deal. At that point. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, I usually don't. I don't think it's like people in our position is very easy for us to come up here and say, oh, the Nuggets got jobbed. Typically, I leave that out of my um, the Nuggets got job reactions. But look, tonight, <laughs> tonight, I'm, I'm kind of glad Jamal mentioned it because um, I'm sure a lot of fans are thinking it. Yeah. So um, he, he the, mentioned it. He mentioned one more point on the free throws. He mentioned it. And then also kind of Nikola Jokic unprompted, just in the middle of a question. He He's holding the box score in his hand. Oh, right? my God. Give just kind of glances Give down and says. Oh, they had 30 free throw attempts? <laughs> That's why we lost the game. <laughs> Just totally He's unprompted great. in the middle of a question, <laughs> really looking at the great. box score. Oh, wow, they had 30? Sometimes it's that easy, isn't it? It's that simple. <laughs> oh, wow, that is a big reason. Yeah. I would, yeah, we, we would also be remiss not to mention that uh, the chat has picked up on this. A gust of ankle. Dude, this show is getting sexier <laughs> than sexy. Between, between vote and... Uh, and Harrison, like, we got to put an NSFW on this thing. It's the raw sex we're bringing out here day by day. Let's back this all the way out. Uh, you spoke with Michael Malone. Uh, you know, anything notable, but first, also, Malanger scale. Mm-hmm. What was the vibe from Malone today? Um, you know, I have just no, um, just no remembrance of what the Malone anger scale even is at this oh, point. Oh, so it went, it went, I think it went. Remember, we had apoplectic, but it was like for the middle. And then I realized the word that word actually means really upset. Yeah. So he couldn't have been apple. Do we do we have the malanger? I don't know. We might. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, Michael Mullen wasn't like the world is ending tonight. Nor nor should he be. I mean, they had one eight not, eight of nine coming into today, but you know he was pretty pissed off. He he did mention the foul count and the free throws just kind of offhand. Didn't make a huge point about it. Um, it was more just about. The Pelicans offensive rebounding tonight, 14 offensive rebounds for New Orleans. Actually, they only finished with, I think, 14 second chance points. So it could have been a lot worse on the offensive glass. Um, But the 14 offensive rebounds was obviously huge. And the points in the paint, he said, we lost this game because they flat out kicked our ass on the glass. That's a direct quote. Um, and then he also said, like, we Keep got lucky rhyme. to beat Chicago the other night. So he doesn't think the defense for these last two games has been up to par. But his other point was just like, look, this is what New Orleans does. They offensive rebound the heck out of the ball. They get to the line. They score in the paint. This is what they do. Sometimes yeah. their best offense is a missed shot. They're like a college team in that respect. Sometimes <laughs> their best offense is just an offensive rebound. It's true. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what they do. So the Nuggets shouldn't have been surprised by it. This, this is what they do. No, I, I tend to agree, and, and I made the point with these guys earlier that it, it does show a lot of Denver's deficiencies when dealing with some of these athletic forwards, some of these very physical teams. Uh, that's not going to stop like, like when you get to the playoffs. Uh, the only team that I think is not going to be super physical with them is a team like Utah. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else is going to try to beat up Nikola, is going to try to beat up Jamal. They're going to do everything they can to get Denver out of rhythm, and they're going to muck up the game as much as possible and try to screw up Denver's offense that way. So I, I don't know how they're how they're going to solve this without a move because I 
is Zeke Najee going to help their rebounding struggles? Like, I, I don't think so. Is is uh, like is Isaiah Hardenstein clearly wasn't. So there's there's just not like a, a big solution that I see on this roster right now. Michael Malone described um, Isaiah Hartenstein's minutes as "quote unquote" decent. Oh, yeah. that's high praise. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 coach speak for he wasn't good enough. Quote, yeah. quote, I mean, look, it's a low decent. bar, so <laughs> true. Decent. That's true. Decent. Uh, that's the that was he, the word he used. That, I I I earlier said that he was terrible and I don't want him on the team. Decent. Much better than his but de- Decent coming from a coach, I don't think is that great. Oh my god! <laughs> you know. Dude, what the H? Yeah. Vote. Yeah, that's on that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> I accept this. Dude, did you see did you see the, the new hashtag that's sweeping the literal world? No, what's up? Uh hashtag vote wind sex kings. <laughs> that's Is right. this because I'm showing a lot of skin on my that's exactly uh, what's happening. ankle area tonight? <laughs> that's exactly what's happening, Harrison. <laughs> so when, a comment. when we're looking they're looking Ryan, when you talk about needing some of that size, athleticism, rim protection. Can it be Porter slots up to the four and, and they and they make a trade for a three? Does that add up to enough for you? Uh, it could, depending on the three that you get. It could, depending on, on just the type of positions that they target. Like, there, there are a couple of players that are not really going to move the needle in that regard, like a, a Mo Harkless or a Kenrich Williams. Right. Like Those guys are smart. They're good defenders, but they're not, like, super physical. They're not going to change that. The the name has been Aaron Gordon. Like let, let's just let's just yeah. get the it's get gotta the, be gotta be right. Pull, pull the cover behind it. Like that is that is the guy that could really change Denver's fortunes here. Uh, the price isn't going down after you drop thirty eight points on Friday night. But if you're talking about a versatile forward that's physical enough to handle a Zion Williamson or at least kind of match up a little bit, but also quick enough to move on the perimeter with a Brandon Ingram. How many players in the league can do that? And right. how many players are available like Aaron Gordon is now? All right, let's get through these quotes. It's a good thought. Uh, when, who else did we hear from today? Uh, Nikola Jokic ha- had a couple good quotes. Um, he was talking about the second quarter and um, and kind of just his first half in general. And he had the foul trouble, obviously. Right. Which which kind of took him out of the first half a lot. And he, he had this pretty candid quote, and he was just like, yeah, like I don't know what happened with with my personal game in the first half. I had two quick fouls that took me out of the game. He said he was trailing a lot. He said he just kind of needed the halftime break to reset and just that the second quarter was, was just really bad for them. And, I mean, they were outscored 36-21 in that second quarter that's that's obviously a huge disparity and it, it feels like that's really where the game was lost because it denver obviously won the game pretty handedly other than other than that second quarter yeah, yeah. uh let's see what else did uh these guys have to say will barton spoke he said they kind of just overwhelmed us with their physicality they out hustled us on too many plays they just outworked us uh made more plays than us and um the other thing that Jamal kind of said was that, like, look, I thought we played good defense. They just had more possessions. And Michael Malone also made this point, but, like, it's not just on Nikola Jokic to defensive rebound. If he's taking care of Steven Adams. Yep. And, look, Steven Adams is a load. Yeah. Like, an absolute yeah. load 
on the offensive glass particularly. If Nicole Jokic is taking care of him, it's on our guards, it's on our other guys to swoop in for those rebounds from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two defensive rebounds for each of Murray, Barton, and Millsap tonight. Yeah. All of them over 30 minutes. Like this, or uh, Millsap's just under there. But like, uh, you can't really fault Porter, who had eight eight defensive rebounds at that point. Like, I, I really do think that this this team could use an injection of of a uh, uh, vaccine, uh, but also <laughs> an injection of athleticism in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Win, before we hit our break? No, nah, that's really it. All right, guys. Before we wrap this, this thing up, let's talk about Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years. They've made them their permanent family dentist. Those listeners really, yeah. have personally reached out to let us know how great their experience was. Um, and look, these are they're local. They're, they're family-owned. They're in the metro area and the extreme Colorado sports fans, just like you, just like me, just like all of us here at DNVR. Uh, it's a great place to, to, to schedule an appointment, get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental. You'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush out the door. So that's great value. Check out our friends at Green Mountain Dental and um, yeah, tell them we sent you too. Why not? Strava Craft Coffee. I'm always pushing that on you. I'm excited to tell you about our new code. It's DNVR25 because Ooh. it's now 25% what? off your Strava Craft Coffee. Holy it's the CBD enriched coffee. Uh, it's my favorite way to start the day. I get that, that jolt from my coffee without the anxiety that I get from that second and third cup, the CBD. Uh, leaves me honking like a goose, Eric. Honk, 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 honk. So head to Strava Craft Coffee <laughs> online, and you can order either a one-time shipment with 25% off using code DNVR25, or use that same code to get 25% off every order when you sign up for their subscription service. Choose what dosage, what flavor, when it arrives to you. Check out our friends at Strava Craft Coffee. And I might have to cop. That sounds pretty good. Dude, it's legit. Sounds pretty good. We actually have cold brew Strava Craft at the bar. We've, yeah. If you want to try some. Oh, I might, I might try some on the way out. Yeah, that I, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, take take that dub on the way out, man. <laughs> and listen, Ryan, if, if you're looking to find the money, if you just got to move some funds around before you really invest in your CBD, um, have you heard about Gabby Insurance? Ooh. Oh, Gabby well, well, let me ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 in your pocket? Is that, I would very much like to is keep that. Is that something that might that interest you? Great. You know why I'm, I'm asking you that, Ryan? Because that's how much Gabby customers save per year on average what? on car and home insurance. That's why when Eric was shopping for insurance, he used Gabby. And that's why when Eric sent me that screenshot, I made the decision that the next time I purchase an uh, insurance, it's going to be Gabby. Um, yeah. Well, just to be clear, Gabby is not an insurance provider. Right. What it does is it goes through, you enter your current information, and then it, it goes through and it finds out and gives you quotes from all of the You're major providers. Shopping. It's shopping. just, it does very, it, it's like uh, searching for flights. So yeah. sometimes... It won't even just be like, you should get progressive or whatever for home. It'll actually mix and say like, you should have progressive for your home insurance and you should have Allstate for your car insurance or whatever. Yeah. And it told me that I'm spending $1,600 yeah. too much per year. Yeah, you <laughs> probably, if, if you hired somebody to find the best insurance price on all your different insurances for you, like that's what Gabby is. Totally. It's just like that person. So listen, head to Gabby and see how much you save because you probably are overpaying on car and home insurance. It's totally free to check. Um, you go to gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. They do not sell your info. You will not get blown up with insurance calls after checking it out. Uh, so just one more time, head to G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. See how much you can save. Check out Gabby. All right, we're back. Uh, wind. Let's get your big takeaway here because we didn't have you to start the show. Yeah. Um, any anything really stand out to you from this loss? I mean, 
it's kind of what we were just talking about with just the offensive rebounds and how it seemed like the Pelicans really just played their game and beat Denver really the main way that they can beat teams by just kind of banging them on the glass and getting to the line and mucking the game up that way. Um, I mean, my, my biggest takeaway from this loss is that, look, Nuggets have won 8-9, and they're still in a fine spot and have a, st- still have a very favorable schedule coming up. So I'm not going to dwell too much on this loss. Yes, I, I really think they have some questions to answer about how they're going to play guys at the power forward position moving forward. And look, if we're going to take the Nuggets at their word, Michael Porter Jr. is their starting power forward when Monte Morris is healthy. If we're going to take them at their word, that's what their their main lineup is going to look like when Monte Morris gets healthy. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but I think the Nuggets are still headed in a really positive direction. I don't think this loss is some uh, all-encompassing kind of mandate on their season by any means they're still in a really good spot anyway yeah yeah sometimes you lose games you just do yeah Yeah. wasn't great and there are matchup reasons for this but did they mention anything about the uh the covid testing today like because i think there was there was some stuff at least pre-game that when you have a 1 p.m start and and you you have a late night the night before that it can it can get a lot of tests and a lot of time and it's probably exhausting to this team that like yeah. there's just so much stuff that they have to do no, outside yeah. of basketball. They mentioned Mike Mould mentioned that pregame. There was no mention of that postgame. And like yeah, that's a thing. You have to go to the arena at 11 p.m. to test before and a very early start like this. But I mean, look, the Pelicans had to do that too. Sure. Yeah. So the, the testing sucks. Like it obviously it, it's a huge thing that's overshadowing and is a cloud over this entire season but every team has to do it yep you know it's just kind of what what you got to do so yeah too true guys i i placed eight bets today eight and i won at the end of the day i won three dollars it was not a good night for you. But I, I didn't lose. You're, you're in the green with three. I won, <laughs> after placing oh, eight oh, you won? separate okay. bets, I okay. ended up winning a total of $3 because I won and lost in equal parts. You should buy me yeah. some fries, bro. After we're done. <laughs> but I'm a winner, you guys. I'm a winner. <laughs> well, right before that gust of wind uh, came and broke everything up, we were asking Ryan, who I, I believe was one of the first guys to say last year that he really thought that team could reach the conference finals. Are you that confident with this group? Do you feel calm? I mean, we're still a ways out, but yeah, I, I I've mentioned it on on here pretty consistently that they still need that other three point five. They still need that other guy that they can turn to. Especially let's let's say if Porter doesn't have it one night, like who do you turn to if you can't trust Paul Millsap or Jermichael Green at, at various points next to Nikola Jokic at the four? Like if you have a team that you're going up against that needs athleticism to guard them, that needs floor spacing there's there's just like porter is one of the only pieces that they are relying on at this point they need another guy like that and could it be zeke naji could it be vlako chanchar I, I i sort of doubt it at this point i i like zeke naji a lot and i think that down the line he's going to be a big piece but they need somebody now they need yeah. somebody that they can trust to guard lebron james like in two months or yeah. Kawhi leonard in th- Two what? Two months? Like this is this is something that I'm not sure if Zeke Naji's ready for that, and maybe he is. Maybe he surprises, but that's the only real concern I have. Because when you look at the rest of the roster, 
I trust Nikola Jokic. I trust Jamal Murray. I trust Michael Porter Jr. I think Monte Morris has has earned a lot of trust. And uh, depending on what you think about Will Barton and Gary Harris and Faku Campazzo and PJ Dozier, like I think they can piece together a rotation in the playoffs that if two of those guys play well at one point, then you're probably okay. So it's really the forward spots. It's I, I, I think I can trust Jamichael Green at the backup five. I would like to have somebody else at the, the three or the four. So you really are in a make-a-move camp. That really seems where... I think they're close, and I think if you... you'll The point differentials are, are, are pretty clear. Uh, those don't necessarily hone in on individual weaknesses and, and like, like positional weaknesses for sure, but if they are that close, you owe it to your group to try to go for it. You yeah. owe it to your team that this is the first... They could make the, the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. That's a 45-year history that we're... Or 50-year history that we're talking <laughs> about here. Like, if you have that opportunity and you have an MVP candidate, MVP frontrunner in Nikola Jokic, then I think you owe it to him, you owe it to the team to go for it. Yeah. That's my opinion. I love that point. I really do. And, like, I agree with it, man. I agree. Nikola Jokic is having such an incredible season. He's, have you heard he's yeah. the front runner for the MVP? I've heard. I've I heard not, on this show, actually. I, I, yeah. I, I, he, yeah. no. he covers the Nuggets, too. <laughs> but, like, he's going to be great for the next, you know, five, six, seven years. But you never know when he's going to have – if he's ever going to have a season as good as this one ever so again. So true. You just never know. So, I, I – wholeheartedly agree with Ryan. You owe it to him. You owe it to this group to go in and really like do what it takes to deal for an Aaron Gordon if you really think well, he's so, that guy. Well, so let me ask you guys, like, what is the piece that you don't want to let go that you would let go in order to get Bart, Aaron Bart. Gordon? But I mean, I don't think Barton counts, like, because I think people are very eager in a lot of yeah. in a lot of senses to get Which rid is of it, is it like I think it's probably RJ, RJ Hampton, Hampton or Zeke Naji, mm. one of those two that they're there two of Denver's first round picks this year. That look, that if Denver traded a 2023 first in order to yep. get RJ Hampton. Think of that like I mean, you don't want to treat guys as assets, but that really is how you have to treat it in this case. That of look, course. this was a 2023 first round pick that they had, and and like it's. It's, it's tough, but every team has to go through this to make it to the top. Like, think about the Toronto Raptors a couple years ago. What was the final thing that they did after getting Kawhi Leonard? Drafting they, OG and Well, they needed to go get Marcus Gasol. Yep. They got Marcus Gasol. They traded DeLon Wright. They traded Jonas Valanciunas, who had been a part of that team for a long time, and they, they figured it out by adding to the, the final piece of their team. And Marcus Gasol, important piece to that group that helped them get through the finals and helped them defeat Joel Embiid and the, and the Sixers in the conference semifinals at that point. So you have to find ways to fill holes along the, along the process. And, and it might suck that you have to give up a guy like RJ Hampton that everybody's super high on, yeah. that Zeke Naji that everybody's super high on. But... It just it's the way of life. You don't get good players for free. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Come on now. My 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 analogy as we were talking about just the state of the Nuggets before this started is like I'm ready for the universe to reverse and pay back the Nuggets what they lost in Andre Iguodala going to the Golden State Mm, Warriors. Yeah. In getting a player like Aaron Gordon who would essentially fill that same role that Iguodala played for the Warriors. He comes in, he's uh essentially a glue guy, a defensive guy. Yeah. You already have your big three that are, you know, unimpunable. Has uh, the skills to do the other things, but takes his, takes kind of the step back. I mean, to bit. me that, you know, especially when we're talking about a world that Gary Harris has unfortunately proved, proven himself to be unreliable. Like, yeah. the number, uh, and he's so fantastic. He obviously flipped 
multiple series in the playoffs by his presence and his defense alone. And we need that. We can't. The Nuggets can't go forward without having like a, a very stout defensive yeah. wing. The other it's, thing, right. it's too, like I, I don't know if Aaron Gordon is gonna just equal a championship. But no, definitely not. Like you have to still do the thing, right? Like, but I, I can tell you that you put Aaron Gordon on this team, he makes them a much better team, a much more defensively versatile team in a playoff environment. But Rush just against, makes so much more sense. Yeah, at that a Lakers point. and Clippers. So he does make them a lot better. He does raise their ceiling. I, I, I think a, a level for sure. So in the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes, I honestly think like yes, the Nuggets are interested. They like Aaron Gordon. So do a lot of other teams. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to which team really just wants him more. Which team is going to put that other asset on the table? Which team is going to put another right. pick on the table? That's the team that is going to end up with Aaron Gordon in the end. Because Borton, RJ, and a pick, that's a competitive offer, right? Like, we don't yeah, know anything. That, that we doesn't blow anyone away. That's competitive, but... like. Hey, man, Denver was competitive, if not the top offer in that Milwaukee deal. And then all of a sudden, someone comes in way over the top right. with a million first-round picks. So to Harrison's point, does someone want yeah, the Drew more than they do? Um, the West is winnable this year, too, man. It just is. I think if you're the Nuggets, you have to it view totally yourself as, as being able to come out of that yeah. conference. Do you trust the Clippers to right the ship like they've, they've really scuffled over these to last the couple, ship? couple weeks uh yeah exactly <laughs> the act, yeah the actual <laughs> ship because that that i, I don't boat. like they they have there's just something there's something wrong with that group i i don't know what totally. it is i i i can't really put a tangible thing on it you don't know what it is until they're like pushed to the brink if and you, then you're like oh yeah that's exactly if you, what it is. If you listen to George Carl, he's been in, on this all year about the the construction of the Clippers b- being so top-heavy and having those two pampered s- superstars that have disrupted the flow of the rest of the team in the locker room. Yeah. And look, we just saw LeBron James roll his ankle. We've just seen Anthony Davis have some Achilles trouble. Like You, you don't root for injuries in these cases, but if you put yourself into a position where even, even if they're the better team, that the Nuggets are a rolled ankle or uh, hurt Achilles, right. like like sore right. Achilles away from moving to the NBA Finals. Toronto won that way. You have to do it. So true. Like you, and you can't feel bad about it either. Like Toronto, nobody is questioning their championship anymore because of uh, because of the the Golden State injuries. They still had to navigate their way through the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. in order to get there. Yes. Tor- Kyle Lowry is an NBA champion for that sole reason. Like, so like true. That's, nobody's taking that away from him. So. That is something that I think Nuggets fans they should hold in uh, they should hold on to that if you are serious about winning a championship maybe that's not the most important thing to you but if you're serious about winning an NBA championship you have to make some sacrifices along the way you have to make the tough decision at some point and it might be this Thursday. Hey Kale, feel free to rename this one the one where we all talk ourselves into Aaron Gordon. Uh, on the show. Uh, um, dude, I'm so in on Aaron Gordon. It's become <laughs> like before I was like, you know, we just gotta hold on. And then I had like one conversation about it with you guys, and I'm like, all right, so we'll trade Murray. We'll trade. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. Too true. Well, thanks to Ryan Blackburn for coming out, and hanging with us today. Thanks to the hundreds of you that stuck around. Look, it is a Sunday. It's a losers' lounge. You, you all could have found better things to do, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. It's always fun for us. We'll be back to you, uh, talk to you about these nuggets next week. Hopefully some winners lounges. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Let's Thanks for having go. me, guys. 
no matter what type of student you guys might be, if you're a first-time freshman who's going to college for the first time, or maybe you just need a few credits to finish up your college degree, MSU Denver Online is the perfect option for any type of student. It's affordable. They've got awesome teachers who can cater to your schedule. So if you work a job on the side, that's fine. MSU Denver Online, those teachers, they can work with you and do anything they need to do to help you succeed. They've got tons of classes. You can check out their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online. Like I said, perfect for any type of student. And they work around your schedule as well. So it's a great option for every type of student. Like I said, you can view their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online.